Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The number one rated web-based radio show in all households with the last name of Levine. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two, the best episode ever of the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Brought to you by PipesMagazine.com and all the sponsors on PipesMagazine.com. I want to say a special thank you to everyone who listened to episode one and posted comments and sent me uh, messages on Facebook. I appreciate them all. I guarantee you this show's going to be better, and I guarantee it for one big reason. One, it won't be all me. Later in the show, via the telephone, we will have Canadian pipe maker extraordinaire Michael Parks. Coming up in just a minute or two, we'll start talking about pipes. Um, get a little bit of background on to some pipe basics. I don't want to call it Pipe 101. It won't be Pipe School. It'll be a little bit about what I think and some some stuff that we can all learn together. Later on in the show, we'll check the mailbag. Got some fun music for you. And I'll have another one of my rants at the end of the show. In the meantime, get ready for Episode 2, the best one ever. Here it comes. Hope I'm not disturbing you, but... Uh... I saw you from across the party, and uh, I don't usually do this, but I felt compelled to tell you something. You have an absolutely breathtaking hiney. I mean, that thing is good. I want to be friends with it. internet radio welcome back coming up next little pipe basics later in the show michael parks will be on the phone with me and don't forget big thank you to all the sponsors of this show and pipesmagazine.com if you're interested in sponsoring on this show please contact kevin godby at pipesmagazine.com Everybody check out those forums, post any comments you want on the Pipes Magazine radio show. I did read them all, and I will check them out all again. So, Pipe Basics. I thought in a, in a conversation this week, I thought we'd start out by defining what is the difference between an artisan pipe and a high-grade pipe. Well, to first start it off, Let's start at the, uh, let's keep them in price level for now. Um, to begin with, what I consider corn cob pipes and Dr. Graybo and pipes like that, those would be what I would consider mass market pipes or the popular price lines. Moving up from there, we get into the smoke shop basket pipes or board pipes or private label pipes, any pipes that you might find in your local tobacco shop sitting in a basket, sitting up on the board, they usually start out around the $30 range. You might see them all the way up into $60, $70. Uh, 
from that point, then we get into a little bit of a gray area for me, and I want to call them the factory pipes. Uh, the factory pipes are, the big ones are Savinelli, Stanwell, Peterson, uh, Brigham would be considered a factory pipe. These are pipes that are produced in factories, good quality, good attention to detail, standardized shape charts, and in that grouping, I would also consider Dunhill, although priced differently, to be in the factory pipe style. These are all pipes that have a traditional shape chart. You can order them by shape, and each one that, when it comes in, it's going to be that same shape. You'll be able to tell them by finish. By They tend to all have a, a size designation. Those are what I consider to be factory pipes. Now, when you get into the artisan pipes or the artisan and high-grade pipes, we are a classy bunch. Here's where I think they differentiate primarily. An artisan pipe is a pipe that is made by one person, maybe two. That one person works the pipe all the way from start to finish. The pipe shapes don't follow on a standardized shape chart. You will see classic billiards or bulldogs, but it'll all be that pipe maker's or interpretation of that shape. The discussion came up, what is a high grade? Well, I think a high grade is an artisan-made pipe for sure, perhaps with a couple more dollars added onto it. I couldn't really explain it except a high-grade pipe is one that will hold its value. That was, where the, that was where the conversation came up. I'll be real interested to see and read your thoughts on the forums, hear what you have to say about it. I feel like the difference between an artisan pipe and a high-grade pipe is purely collectability. When does somebody become a high-grade pipe maker versus an artisan pipe maker? I don't know. I will say definitely that I think high-grade pipe makers include some of the Great Danes like Teddy Knudsen, the Eversons, the Konowitzes, some of the Japanese. There's a couple of Americans that make true quality high-grade pipes, in my opinion. Is it a price thing? Could be. Uh, I will say that some of the factories in particular Dunhill and Costello make what I would consider to be high-grade pipes. So it's a bit of a crossover. I believe it might be uh, as simple as if it's something that we really no way would ever be able to afford, could be a high-grade pipe. Uh, somebody out there is buying them, though, so those are high-grade pipes. This is a, it, It's one of those things. It's like pornography. You don't know it until you see it. Well... I don't really know where to come up with a true definition for it. No treasure is silver and gold, mate. But they're out there. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. But now, random, random thoughts, thoughts or what the f*** is he thinking? When I walk into a large public restroom... I always feel bad for the urinal or the stall that's all the way down at the end, the last one in the row, furthest away from the door. I feel like it might be left out, a little lonely. So I take the extra time and walk all the way down there and patronize that lonely last facility.
See, I told you. And now, back to our show. Remember to check out those forums on PipesMagazine.com. Post any comments you have. You got any uh, comments about what we just talked about? Feel free to put them up right there. Follow me on Facebook. You can find me just by searching my name. Coming up in just a minute, Michael Parks will be on the phone with me later on the rant. Got some fun music coming up. A whole bunch more to go in the show. If you have any ideas on what you want to hear about Pipe Basics, I look forward to seeing your comments on those as well. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, remember I did say the sometimes irreverent show, and if you missed the first episode, well, you were warned then about the blue words. Coming up in just a few minutes, Michael Parks is on the phone. He's on hold and waiting. In the meantime, I wanted to remind you the Richmond Pipe Show, the 28th Annual Core Exposition and Celebration is October 5th, 6th, and 7th in Richmond, Virginia. Their website is corepipesmokers.org, C-O-R-P-I-P-E-S-M-O-K-E-R-S.org. And November 3rd and 4th, the Palace Station, Las Vegas, Nevada, the 2012 West Coast Pipe Show. Their website's a lot easier. It's westcoastpipeshow.com. Stop by and see me at my table. I will be there. I'll have the microphone with me. If you've got a pipe club or a bunch of pipe friends that you want to do a little shout-out to, I'll bring it and record it, and we'll play it on future episodes. Joining us on the telephone, pipe maker extraordinaire and all-around good guy, Michael Parks. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good, Michael. How are things in Canada? Getting chilly. Chilly, chilly. Cold September. So, the six weeks of summer is over, and now it's time to start smoking indoors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dog sled team is excited. Everybody's barking. <laughs> uh, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? I, uh, I grew up in uh, a city called Oshawa. That's on the north shore of Lake Ontario, uh, just a little bit east of Toronto. Really, it's, uh, it's, a, it's quite a large area, though. It's... Uh, you know, on the on the fringe of a suburb that's like ten million people. And what 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 were your uh, what were your hobbies and your passions growing up? You're Canadian. You have to say hockey. I did play a lot of hockey, actually, from the time I was about five until I'd say my early twenties. I probably used to play. I bet three times a week. Uh, and and long seasons too, right? Starting hockey school at the end of the summer in August, and then run all the way to March or April, depending. I played a lot of hockey. Uh, I guess other hobbies though. I uh, the city is on just on one shoulder, but then on the other, you know, I'm uh, right on the fringe of some great outdoors. So uh, I'm a bit of an outdoorsman myself. Do some uh, hunting and fishing. And rumor had it you were. Uh... A fairly good hockey player. Okay, you know, I, I, I you know, 
not that I want to set this straight, but like I guess I guess I should. Uh, it, it has been rumored that I was a contender to play in the NHL, and unfortunately, that is not uh, true. I uh, although yeah, I used to play. I used to play a lot. Uh, I quit right at the time when uh, I would have moved on to play junior. I ended up going to university. I went and studied fine art at school. Does your art background help you with pipes? I'd say. Um, really, you know, it's, uh, I'd say being a pipe maker is really uh, like being a sculptor of sorts. And, uh, and it's all connected. Uh, there's the photography and, and the, 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 the designing. And I guess, you know, the appreciating the appreciation of, of this, the creations that, the, that are being made and then, you know, incorporating things into my own work. Yeah, absolutely. Um. You are one of the few pipe makers that I've seen that has traditional, your your take on the traditional and classics, and then you will come up with some of the most ornate, intricate designs ever. What The one in particular that's not photographed on your website that I remember, I'm going to call it the bat that uh, showed up at the Chicago Pipe Show one year. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just working with the wood, you know. I ended up with uh, pretty much a, a quarter burl, so you know, uh, a quarter of the a quarter of the, of the sphere there, and I was able to make a, a a giant sort of bat shaped thing with with wings wrapping around. It was a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun when I make pipes, uh, especially when I do these sculptural creations. I, I enjoy it. Get to spend some time working with the wood interesting materials and uh, just see uh, see what it brings as for the classic pipes I, classic pipes smoke well I think there's a reason why they've stood the test of time and 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 you know in, in their own right they're sculptures too they're uh, they're geometric they require balance good shapes what was the first pipe you got when you when you started smoking the first pipe that I got was from my grandfather. So my grandfather, uh, he was a Scotsman. I, uh, I happened to be Italian, uh, quarter Italian, quarter Scot, double English. Uh, so my grandpa, he was a Scotsman, and he was a pipe smoker. Actually, he's the reason why I got into and started smoking the pipe. Uh, when I was about 16 or 17, uh, he gave uh, myself and one of my brothers a pipe. And so the two of us would go out and smoke when we were fishing or something like that at the creek. Um, my first pipe, though, uh, Gramps used to smoke amphora in, the, in those large tins. He got a, uh, it was one of these, like, um, coupon specials where there's a small coupon in the tin. And so he got a red amphora pipe. It was almost like a red lacquered pipe because he had red hair, right? And uh, that was my first pipe. It would have been a straight... I'd say straight apple, you know, standard medium group four kind of size, straight apple, bright red. That was my first pipe. What made you want to make a pipe? Off the record, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hang on a second. We'll pause. (laughs) That's a good time for us to take a break. We'll be right back with more Michael Parks. (laughs)
want to make sure and recognize all the sponsors on PipesMagazine.com. It's FourNoggins.com, Alpasha, Altidus USA, B&B Tobacco, Cornell and Deal, CupofJoes.com, Danish Pipe Shop, Luciano Pipes, Lane Limited, McQueen Pipes, Missouri Meersham, MKE Law Pipes, Mr. Brog Pipes, PipesToSmoke.com, PipesAndCigars.com, PipeTobacco.com, Radice Pipes, Savinelli Pipes, The Seattle Pipe Club Blends, SmokingPipes.com, Storiant Meershams, and The Briar Pipe. Please make sure and give them, the, give them your best. Follow Pipes Magazine on Facebook and on Twitter. It's PipesMagazine.com. And now back to more with Canadian pipe maker Michael Parks. So art school is where you really got interested in making your own pipes. Uh, in the classics, do you find yourself drawn to a certain shape for a period of time and then you kind of move around, or do you truly let the block designate what that shape's going to be? It really depends. You know what? If I was going to say, you know, what are my favorites in the classics, really, I like a billiard. Uh, it's, uh, I just, it, it appeals to me. It's sort of the, what would the word be? The quintessential pipe. Maybe that's been overused. Let's call it the epic pipe for the heavy overused <laughs> words. Billiard is the epic pipe. And, uh, yeah, I like billiards. I really like bed billiards, too. Sort of like the 121 Dunhill shape. Uh, branch out, you know, like within the classic shapes that I like. But just usually smaller straights. Uh, panel billiard, uh, small prints is kind of nice. Pipes that I can imagine myself smoking. And so it, it really depends, too. Um, work so much by commission uh, that that I'm not going to my bins of wood um, talking to it and, and trying to, to have it tell me what to make. It's, it's usually I'm going there with something in mind. Uh, and, it's, and it's usually predetermined uh, the, the type of finish I'm aiming for, you know, like rusticated, sandblasted, or smooth, uh, the type of grain. And then even within the finish, you know, do I want a block that would be a, uh, like a lighter color or a darker stain and, and all of that stuff all of those factors come into play when, when i'm choosing a block talking about your sandblasting uh i was with jt cook about a year ago and jt commented that michael parks is one of the young up-and-coming pipe makers who has really got the right idea do you enjoy sand sandblasting as much as finding the perfect straight grain absolutely Actually, sandblasting is really rewarding because uh, you get good results fast. You can sort of dig right in there. And, and that's compared to doing a smooth finish where as you get closer and closer to that final sort of layer, that final surface, you, you know, you're praying that you don't have a sand pit up here, especially if it is to be the perfect straight grain. Um, Smooths are tricky that way and can be frustrating that way, whereas blasts hit the wood pretty hard and then you get good results from it. Give us an idea for those that may not have ever met with a artisan pipe maker. Ballpark for, for a standard straight billiard or bent billiard, 
How much time really goes into making one pipe from start to finish? It's it's uh, say it's like a, a standard billiard um, that's sandblasted, and so the stems are hand cut. So the ebonite rod is drilled and then sanded, uh, belt sanded and then filed. The the air slot that's cut uh, and then filed and sanded on the inside. Um, I would say. In total, finishing time is in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 hours for just a straight classic billiard. That's uh, that's how I work. But also, it, I guess it depends on well, it depends on I guess maybe who's making the pipe, or or really on more like more importantly on how it's made. You know, uh, a lot of the a lot of the steps are done by hand, and there's not a lot that you can do to make them quicker. And I like to think that I put pretty high standards, uh, pretty meticulous at what I do. So I like to, to put in the time and not rush the important thing so that each finished piece is just so. You know, my yearly production is, uh, is in the neighborhood of 100 pipes, maybe a little higher these days. I'd say like 120 per year, but uh, keeps me busy. A lot of alone time in the workshop. Uh, anything, any music uh, in particular that you that you enjoy? Now, there's something interesting that's changed over the years. Okay, mm -hmm. one thing I cannot do is I cannot listen to mixed CDs, like mixed tapes, because three or four hours, once I'm in the the right side of the brain mode, three hours can zip by. Well, you've heard the, the, the same freaking mixtape three times. So for me, it has to be radio. But for me, I'm not a talk radio guy, uh, and I used to only listen to classical. Uh, I used to have a station that played classical all day without commercials, and I enjoyed that. I get I get serious. I get kind of mellow. My brother would uh, come around and laugh and say I was intensely relaxed. Uh, but uh, I sort of cut back on the classical. The, the format of that radio program changed. So I'm you know, classical in the mornings, but not always now. And then. Uh, Classic rock has just really slipped in. I don't know. And there you go. Like, uh, classic rock, you're bound to hear the same songs week after week. But I like it. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good vibe. Um, sometimes on Saturdays, there's a radio program, Saturday afternoon at the opera. And if I happen to be in Saturday afternoon, I will definitely put that on because it's always a hoot. Uh, late night radio, sometimes before shows, I work really late. And uh, late, right, late night radio can get good. There's some... Uh, New music, good so, music, and then actually later evening radio. Another another one during the week. I'm in, I'm into jazz. There's just a few hours of of jazz. It's not uh, jazz with jazz with singing mixed up, all kinds of stuff. I, I like it. I like the variety. You and I have two things in common. We both enjoy shooting, or uh, me more targets and paper. You more things to eat. Uh, but we also tend to be, um, I think I think you could say that both of us would end up being late to our own funerals. Since we, we both share the passion of shooting, uh, there's a picture of you on the website with a gorgeous shotgun. I treated myself to that a few years ago. Actually, 100% in conjunction with a pipe show. I, uh, I made this uh, seven-day set of volcanoes, which... Uh, 
which was a tremendous amount of work. They were all smooth, straight grains, beautiful set. And when I came home, I, uh, I, went, I got that shotgun. It's a Beretta, an over-under Beretta. And uh, that was when I, I joined. There's a great gun club nearby. It's awesome. It's like, uh, it's like this like land ridge that's uh, within maybe like 15 miles, 20 miles or so north of Lake Ontario, but you can totally see the lake. You can see all the way to Toronto from there, actually. And they have uh, they've skied, five-stand, sporting clays. So whenever, and really, whenever I can, and weather depending, it's, uh, I'm not a competitive shooter, but uh, it's fun to go blast clays. It's a, it's a great way to spend a few hours, so I'll go out there and do a bit of shooting. I find, I find that it lowers the frustration levels. smoke all the time while you're out while you're out hunting it, it so happens my friend uh, his name's Eric Mathurin and he's the uh, the president call it of the uh, Toronto Pipe Club who has and so Eric's a pipe smoker yeah and my brother he's a pipe smoker too he's uh, he's, a, he's my the brother that originally got a pipe from uh, from my grandson I got one he's older I'm the youngest of three so, anyways, the three of us, yeah, we're in the woods. We hang out and smoke, come back to the truck and make up our coffee and hang out and have a pipe here and there. So, are there any uh, are there any upcoming projects that you're working on that that are exciting for you? Actually, yeah, yeah, I got um, there's a I've got a, an upcoming project uh, to make a speared fish. Uh, there's a, a collector on the West Coast, um, he's in Washington State, and a uh, real interesting guy. He and his wife, they uh, operate uh, cruises, Alaskan cruises, throughout the season. And uh, he's a, he uh, collects aquatic pipes. Sounds like he has some interesting collections, because this aquatic pipe, we've uh, decided to, to make sort of you know, uh, Eskimo or, or Inuit themed. And so I'm calling it speared char. And I want to utilize soapstone and woolly mammoth tusk, the woolly mammoth tusk that I have. Uh, it comes from northern Canada. And I want to do it sort of in a, in a, in a classic, you know, Inuit or, you know, northern Aboriginal style. That, that sort of, I don't know how you explain it, like rudimentary native style. You you go to Italy and handpick your blocks. I have. I I I don't go regularly. Well, yeah, the Chicago Pipe Show, uh, a few of the mills, the Italian mills, send representatives and wood and are there, and so I can handpick the wood there, and it's great and convenient. Mind you, Italy is much nicer than you know the in between time on the beach. It's so, uh... also good. You know, <laughs> that's a positive. Um, and I discovered from my trip that the wine tastes much better there. It, it does. It does. It, you know, yeah. yeah. It's warmer there. Oh, and the espresso truck stops. Can anybody walk up to the uh, 
up to the Briar guys in the at the Chicago Pipe Show and buy blocks? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So if you get to a pipe uh, show, then you can buy your own Briar blocks and use them for. Uh, in my case, I would make they'd make probably pretty good bookends for me. Or projectiles, you know, like you could, you know, workshop defense. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> my old. For, for those who don't have the concealed permit. If you want to learn more about Michael's pipes. The website is parkspipes.com, P-A-R-K-S-P-I-P-E-S.com. To see them in person, Michael, tell us where where else can people get your pipes? I regularly attend the uh, Chicago Pipe Show, the Columbus Pipe Show, and the Vegas Pipe Show, and possibly the Richmond as well. <clears throat> uh, this year, though, I will not be in Vegas this November, unfortunately. I've been there the last three years, but uh, I'm going deer hunting. So <laughs> no more. <laughs> an executive decision, and, I, and I'm going deer hunting for for the, the beginning of that week, so I, I won't be able to be there. I'll be in Chicago next May, uh, likely in Columbus in August, um, and I, I'm going to try for Richmond. I, I'd like to try and make Richmond that would be uh, next September, and then Vegas in, in November. You can check my website. I have, uh, I have a schedule on there, so I will try for the four, but the ones that I, that I do end up attending, I'm not sure. Chicago is always a given. So. And if you don't see Michael at the opening of the pipe show, just wait. He might be running a little late. So. <laughs> a wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Walking in with that rock star appearance. Yeah, yeah. That was the All right, we will be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Michael, I want to thank you for taking time to talk to us here. Michael Parks is another great artist from Canada, in addition to uh, Brian Adams and Rush. And in honor of my daughter, I will not say the Justin Bieber word. Oh, shit, I just did. Uh, anyway, I hope she doesn't hear it. Canada, our friends to the north, have given us many, many artists. Michael Parks is one of them. Check out his pipes at parkspipes.com, P-A-R-K-S-P-I-P-E-S.com. Excuse me while I whip this out. As I said before, I did read all the comments on the uh, forums. I read all the comments on Facebook. I appreciate them all, the good and the bad. I do want to say, uh, webcam, never going to happen. This is an audio show. It is an old-time radio show. 
saves us a ton of money by uh, not having to pay for my wardrobe, which uh, Kevin Godby knows I've got an expensive taste in clothing. No hair and makeup artist, and as I said before, I've got the perfect face for radio. So it'll remain an audio show for you to listen to while you're driving as as a podcast, or for you to sit down, relax, and use your imagination. Sit down with a pipe, don't have to hold or look at anything. Just relax with the pipe and enjoy that while listening to the show. Uh, Rick Newcomb, I appreciate your comments. No, I didn't grow up on a commune. It was pretty close, though. I was born in San Francisco in 1967. I am really glad my name is Brian and not Moonbeam or Dust Powder or Sun Love or something like that. Yes, my parents were hippies and uh, could still be considered hippies. Uh, Trivia? I don't consider tobacco to be trivial. I do consider some knowledge on tobacco to be uh, trivia-worthy. Let's throw this one out there. It's cigar-related. We'll see how you pipe guys do with it. Why was the cigar band created? Specifically, I'm thinking about one particular person in history that required a cigar band. So, there's your trivia for tobacco. Post the comments on... uh, on the forum, post your answers. We'll have a discussion about it. I'll answer it next week on the air. Uh, as far as the forums go, I don't have uh, a lot of time in my life because, as I said, I've got a full-time job and I've got a wife and two kids and putting this show together takes up a bunch of time. So I'll be reading the forums. Want to hear my responses to stuff that pops up on there? Uh, come check them out right here on the Pipes Magazine radio show where I will uh, respond to the interesting ones if they uh, catch me. You know, while we were talking to Michael Parks, the uh, Michael's mention of smooth jazz brought back a memory for me. I was in Nashville. There was used to be a great, a uh, great bar and lounge there, restaurant called F. Scott's. I'm pretty sure it's still there, but I know it's smoke-free. Used to be able to go on there, have a cigar, have a pipe, and they always had live musicians. This track that I'm going to play is from a crooner-type uh, jazz musician named Justin Thompson. This is his take on... Britney Spears. So sit back, enjoy this, because every time I listen to it, I get a big giggle. Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know that something wasn't right? Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't have let you know. Now you're out of sight Show me how you want it to be Tell me, baby Cause I need to know now Just because my loneliness is killing me I must confess I still believe When I'm without you I lose my mind Give me a sign Hit me, baby, one more time 
Girl, you got me flying. Oh, Betty, baby, there's nothing I wouldn't do. It's not the way I planned it. Show me how you want it to be. Tell me, baby, 'cause I need to know now. Just because my loneliness is killing me, I must confess. I still believe when I'm without you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. song there is proof to me that when you take a piece of music and put it in the hands of some really good musicians, instead of a piece of bubblegum pop music dance stuff, you get a really good piece of music, a really well done song that sounds great, and I enjoy listening to it all the time. kind of gives me the giggles sometimes. Anyway, producer AJ wanted to remind you, uh, wanted me to remind you that we had a hard enough time getting a good sound quality off of the telephone and the interview for with Michael there, that it's going to be a while before we're going to be able to do any live call-ins or instant messages or tweets or whatever you want to call it. We just don't have the equipment yet. We don't have the skill yet, but maybe somewhere down the road. In the meantime, keep posting those comments on the forums. I'll get around to them. I'll check them all out. I'll respond right back here on the show. Come see me in person at a pipe show. This is Eric from Cup of Joe's, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Cowboy. Cowboy. Wow, time is really flying by on this show. I gotta cram this one in really quick, so here it goes. IKEA is a cult. Alright, IKEA, if you don't know what it is, IKEA is the Swedish home decoration furniture company. They have these huge mega stores all over the country. There's one in Charlotte here. And here's what happens you go into IKEA, 
you take an L an escalator, you go upstairs, and you walk through this labyrinth of a mousetrap maze through these nicely decorated rooms with all the little doodads and all the little trimmings all over the place, and everything's got a tag on it. So all you do is you get your little golf course pencil and your little piece of paper, and you write down the little pieces that you want, and you start thinking about, okay, I'll have this, I'll have that, and you see all the little things. Now, you've wandered around this maze of a mousetrap that's probably 50,000 square feet, and there's about 40 feet of it that's straight. I swear there are people that have dropped dead or been lost in there for days. Probably part of the employee initiation is, if you can figure out how to get out of the maze upstairs in 90 days, well, then you get to keep the job. So now that you've gone through and seen all the pretty rooms, before you go downstairs, they've got a full-service restaurant-slash-cafeteria-style thing with Swedish food and some traditional food. Food's pretty good, I gotta admit it. Prices are pretty good, too, so it's not a bad place to stop for dinner. Then they shove you downstairs, and you go down these stairs or this giant-sized escalator into what they call the marketplace. The marketplace looks like Pier 1 threw up all over, and everything's in boxes except for one example of it. Now, you got these are all the little pieces, all the little home decorator touches that you got to grab, and you got to throw them into this big cart. Now you've got your cart, and you're going through the maze of the marketplace, and then the last insult is they push you into the warehouse. This is where you go in and you pick out your own large pieces of furniture, a bed, a desk, a bookshelf, whatever it is. They're all packaged flat. It's all assemble-yourself furniture with easy-to-read instructions. Now you're piling this up onto a rolling flat cart and trying to figure out how to tote that and pull your little marketplace cart all at the same time up to a cashier that doesn't have a clue what's going on. All she knows is her job is to scan barcodes and check it. Then once you get that, you got to figure out how to load it into your car or pay them $59 or whatever the delivery rate is. Getting it home, I learned a whole bunch of Swedish words because everything's in pictures. There's not a damn Swedish word in there, but I swear I said son of a bitch in Swedish about 14 times trying to set this stuff up. Ikea the cult, they woo you with this wonderful showroom upstairs full of all these nicely decorated rooms and all these little doodads. Then they take you downstairs, they feed you along the way, take you downstairs, shove you into this warehouse, make you pack the crap up yourself, bring it home. I will say that carrying a queen-size bed upstairs is easier when it's all in a box than it is all fully assembled, but now you got to put the shit together yourself. And there's no words whatsoever. How does this tie into us as pipe smokers? Not really close, but I will tell you, I have a hell of a good time sitting at the loading zone at Ikea, watching. I'll go inside, grab a cup of coffee at the, uh, the, little, the little bistro thing that they've got before you go out, sit down in the benches at right next to an ashtray, so smoking's no problem. I'll sit there, and I swear I will watch a watch a young lady or a young couple try to put a three-bedroom apartment full of furniture into the back of a Volkswagen Beetle. The stuff that goes on at the loading docks, I somebody needs to make a YouTube video of that. Stupid things I've seen at the Ikea loading dock. Or then the opposite is, you get the guy with the big full-size pickup truck with the dualies and, and the three-quarter ton lift and all that stuff, and he's got two boxes, and he's tying it down with pads and ropes. It's a hysterical show. If you've got an Ikea near you, take your pipe, go down there, walk inside, buy a cup of coffee, buy a drink, sit outside, I swear, watch the show. It'll be, it'll be a hoot, and 
women are in there loading these trucks up in summertime. Sometimes an interesting view. Anyway, that's the rant for this show. I hope everybody's enjoyed this show. I know it's a whole lot better than the previous show. Remember, check back next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when a new episode goes up on PipesMagazine.com, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be available for download on iTunes every Friday morning. want to thank again our sponsors at PipesMagazine.com, in particular Four Noggins, Lane Limited, uh, SmokingPipes.com. Check them out. Give them all your support. Until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny I'm Brian Levine, and you better believe I damn well approve this whole frickin' message.